are the movies that molded me. Ja love the movies. Ja love the movies. Hey, one love. Hey, I like the movies with the boobies. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Movies That Motor Me. It's been a while, hasn't it, Chris? It's, uh, <laughs> well, it's season three now. You know, we took a little bit of break between season two and season three. <laughs> oh, it was on purpose. Yeah, okay. We needed to have a good, solid break. And we're starting out season three in a good old uh, family fashion. Uh, brought my, all four of the Williams kids are on just the beginning of this episode. Um, you'll, you'll hear them in, in a second. Um, one of my lists, we're doing sci-fi movies today with yeah. uh, Keith Giles. 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 We have to have him on again just to get his it's, name right. <laughs> it, it, it's going to have to be somebody else introducing him if we're going to get it right. I'm, I'm horrible. I freeze at the last second and I'm like, which one is oh, it? And I take it. the wrong turn each time. So, uh, Keith Giles. There you go. There we go. Okay. Um, who is a podcaster as well as an author um, and a movie enthusiast. So we're happy to have him on this episode. Um, Prolific sci- author. Prolific author. Talking sci-fi <laughs> movies. So, which is a... And by the way, uh, I know, Keith, you picked this topic, so I'm not going to give you too much shit, but all this shit is directed directly towards Chris. What a horrible, horrible topic it's so broad only because it's so broad there's so many great sci-fi movies to choose from like i mean my list that i had to narrow down from was about 20 to 30 movies Uh that i would love to talk about could end up on any list if if we narrowed it down to a certain type of sci-fi movie and but uh so it'll be fun i chose like i always do um I expect to win, but I'm st- I'm sticking sticking true to Not gonna happen. ones that have actually molded me. So um, I have one recent one, and the others are, are you know, a little older. So we'll see how it goes. Now we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Keith, welcome to the podcast, man. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, what are some of your accomplishments as a theologian and uh, podcaster and <laughs> author? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, my accomplishments, I don't know. Well, so I'm I co-host a podcast called the Heritage Happy Hour Podcast with. Um, Matthew DeStefano, Derek Day, and Katie Valentine, and it's a blast. Um, and we just have a lot of fun on that show. Uh, we, a, we have coming up on our 100th episode uh, in a couple of, I guess, next month. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Um, I'm also an author. I blog on Patheos. Uh, I'm an author. I've written my sixth book in the Jesus Un series of books. comes out this month. Uh, it's called Jesus Unforsaken, Substituting Divine Wrath with Unrelenting Love. And if you couldn't guess... Uh, it's a critique of penal substitutionary atonement theory, and it's looking at the cross and answering the question, why did Jesus have to die? And uh, spoiler alert, it wasn't because, you know, uh, because God was the angry volcano God and his son jumped in the way and took the beating so that we could be loved and forgiven. Um, anyway, yeah, Bruxy Cavey uh, did the forward. I'm like super, super excited about that coming out March 23rd. And um, what else? I guess that's it. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have many other accomplishments to speak of. <laughs> Well, I would completely disagree. I mean, being on CNN and getting to talk to Anderson Cooper is huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, me and Anderson Cooper. I, <laughs> Go way back. I, for, I forgot about that. That's right. Yes. Um, that was insane. That, that's huge for Chris, apparently. That was that was insane, actually. I tell you what, man. I That day, I just sent a tweet 
responding to a tweet, actually the president had done, right about my friend Martin Gugino. And by within an hour, CNN was calling me, asking me if I could be on the show that night because the, the tweet, I think it ended up at like 40 million or something. Good grief. Uh, it was insane, dude. I was, I was like, it was the most surreal moment. And I'm not kidding. I really thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting... Kind of like this. They, they use a similar program like you guys used to record this. And I'm sitting there, you know, getting ready to go live with Anderson Cooper. And I thought, I, I could just pass out right now. I hope I don't. Please, just my, my goal was just don't pass out. So Was it so surreal that All it right, was Chris, like we're you not, were in a We've already done this. Uh, noobs, news for noobs here. Come on. We're, we're talking about movies that mold in me. Was it like was it like you were in a sci-fi movie? Yes. What, what it was, was like, like, that's what Chris is going to ask It you. was like being in a science fiction film. Yes. There you go. There you go. So we are talking sci-fi movies today. And I'm also, just like Omar said earlier, I'm pretty excited about it. I had to narrow it down. And I kept thinking to myself, I can't go back and choose another movie that we've done before because we've done little sub genres of sci-fi. Like uh, we did space movies. Uh, we also did um, uh, time travel, uh, even like post-apocalyptic movies that we've done before is, you know, semi sci-fi or at least can be. So there are a lot of movies that are really high up there for me that I was like, I'm not going to choose one of those same movies that I've already chosen. So that everything that I'm putting on movies that molded to me today is completely fresh out of my mouth anyway. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but as always, we like to let our guest go first. And so Keith, uh, that's going to bring us to your third favorite sci-fi movie of all time. This is so hard. Uh, <laughs> just, just like Omar was saying, it's like, um, especially science fiction. Cause I'm a, I'm a, cr- I love film so much and, and especially science fiction. Like if I had to pick, that's my favorite. Uh, genre of film is science fiction, and so that's why you write religion, right? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> there there is a connection, but we we'll, we should talk about that later. Uh, there is a connection because I think it has a lot to do the kind of sci fi I like is stuff that sort of questions like what is real, what is reality, identity, identity, and reality. Like are the two big questions that I philosophically I think are interesting, and I, I love science fiction films that, that typically explore that. Uh, but anyway, my my. This number three choice, I actually had traded it out, and I guess we'll t- we'll cover some of the the honorable mentions later. But um, my number three uh, was is a film called I've got the box right here, Children of Men. Um, this is uh, a film by Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, it's actually based on a book by P.D. James, stars uh, Clive Owen, Michael Caine, uh, Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore, and the guy I hate trying to pronounce his name. I know I'm going to butcher it. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor. That guy too. He's in it too. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, so this film, here's the thing about Children of Men for me. The more, every time I watch it, I love it more. And in yeah. fact, the, uh, I think I saw it a few months ago. I watched it for maybe the fourth time and I was in tears. I mean, at the end of that film, I was like, damn, this is a good movie. Uh, and yeah. what I, I think what it, even the very first time I watched it, um, the thing that just, I guess, just floored me was that film. It felt like this film was set like six hours into the future. I mean, it felt like we were that close to being in in that world, living in that world. And actually now, uh, a few years later, I guess close to 10 years later, watching it again, um, we are in that world. I mean, in that film, it deals with 
uh, immigration issues, people being, you know, deported because, uh, you know, for all kinds of reasons. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really interesting. You know, the, the, the high levels of, of poverty and the, the divide between the rich and the poor, um, and even just kind of the environmental situation that they're in. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just, I love the film and I think it's also, um, yeah, I just, I, I'm in awe of the film every time I watch it. So I don't know what else to say about it. I, I love that film. It's a great choice. It's a very good movie. It is a very good choice. And, you know, we have this grayscale where you're going to give the movie a score of zero to five. So uh, five being the best, of course. Uh-huh. And uh, what would you give Decimal Children of Men? Decimal are appreciated. Sorry? <laughs> Decimals are appreciated. Like, you know, De- if it's like a Decimals. Or something. Decimals. 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 Giles. Giles. You know, <laughs> potato, potato. Well, oh my gosh. Well, so this is tough because if so, if I, I'm, I'm switching now, I'm looking at your rubric here. Yeah. So um, <laughs> if I say, okay, how impactful was it to me in my life? Yeah. Psychologically, my outlook, and I'd have to give it a point for that. Uh, how believable and engaging is the acting? I'd have to give it a point for that. How well is the story told? I think it's phenomenal. Uh, cinematography, audio, visual choices. Damn, this this film has a scene in it that will forever be etched on my brain forever. And it just brings me to tears every time I watch it. Um, I, I just, I gotta say, I, I, I'd have to, I know I'm starting off with the number three, but I'd have to give it a, a five, if not a, maybe a 4.5. Um, well, you give it whatever you want. Give it what uh, you want. Come on. I mean, I it's give a it, top it's, three movie. It's, I gotta give it a five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Give it a five. Um, Omar, what do you think about children of men? Children of men. Good movie. Um, I didn't think to put it on there. I, Clive Owen is a great actor. It was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, it's kind of a dark movie. But it, I was gonna say it's not. Fun. It's but, not a lot of fun. <laughs> but I mean, it, I mean, it it has the suspenseful elements. It keeps going. Oh it, yeah. Like it, there's not a lot of slow pace to it. I yeah. And there's a lot of his ADD I mean, can handle it. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I uh, I give it a four. Okay. All right, Elizabeth. What do you think about Children of Men? I've not seen it. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Keith. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah, my kids are going. Well, oh my gosh. Gallery laughing. Yeah, you yeah, need I to fix it. that. You need to fix that right away, okay. Lizzie. You have to watch it's, this film, and I, I'm going to promise you, if you watch this movie, it will it will change your life. All right. it, you will be. It will stun you. It will inspire you. You will be going. Damn! How did I miss this film? It's so good. <laughs> All right, I will look it up. So good. It is incredible. And, you know, I think maybe the scene that you're talking about is the one that's almost like it's one shot yes. uh, where they f- they follow Clive Owen through the, you know, building as they're, they're being bombed and, and shot at and <laughs> yeah. whatnot. Uh, incredible cinematography. Alfonso Cuaron is, is a great director. Uh, Michael Caine, who plays a hippie in that movie, is just deadpan funny and, and it, it's just masterclass in filmmaking. I actually played this movie on our Apocalypse uh, movies uh, as one of yeah. my favorites. And um, so, you know, obviously it's going to get a five from me. Uh, beautiful pick. And uh, that means that Children of Men is going to get 14 out of 20 points on the grayscale. Starting out pretty strong there, Keith. Okay. Yeah. Starting Great. out pretty strong. Great, Great job, Keith. The way to start out with the children. Right. That's very smart of you. I mean, I think we all think alike, actually, because uh, perfect, perfect segue in movies because... Uh, uh, children of this man and woman uh, <laughs> are here to help me bring the my pick number three for movies, movies that motivate me all time. Sci-fi, sci-fi movies, which they don't know yet which movie I've chosen. chosen. They, they can probably maybe guess, guess as I start talking about it. About it. But, but, but this, 
But, 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 but this, but this uh, uh, I, I'm, actually I'm actually curious, curious what your guess is. What did you guess? Marvel. All right, what Marvel? Um, <laughs> probably Marvel Age of Ultron. Uh, close, close. 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 So anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah very, very, very close. close. So, so it is a Marvel movie, movie. Uh, uh, filmed, filmed in 2019. The Marvel movies to end all Marvel movies, <laughs> quite, quite literally. <laughs> we're, we're, we're choosing uh, Endgame. <laughs> so, um, and this this movie. So this is a newer movie. If you guys follow movies that mold me at all. You, you know, guys, hold on just one second. Uh, you, get, you all get a chance. You all get a chance to talk individually once at a time um, for about a few seconds to tell what your favorite thing is about that that movie, and then and then move on. Just, just one just thing. Just think and then move for on. a second. Let so Daddy talk. I I, I chose uh, this movie. Obviously, obviously, you can see that it impacted my children quite a bit. Um, it's been a fun thing to do with them. Um, I made them watch all of the other Marvel movies leading up to Endgame before they were ever allowed to watch Endgame. There's a few reasons why I chose this movie. Um, it is a very good movie as far as tying up loose ends. I mean, my favorite part, my favorite character is Smart Hulk. For, 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 for some reason, nobody, nobody told, told me Smart Hulk was in this movie until I started watching it. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, this, is, this is so awesome. Um, I... Uh, uh, funny story. I actually spoiled this movie for a group that I was in uh, called Bad Christian. Uh, the day that it opened up, there was a meme that was posted in another group that I was in, uh, or a GIF, and I and I picked that that GIF and and went ahead and shared it. And by doing so, pissed off a lot of people more so than I thought that I would because this group is pretty much. I mean, we. You know, it's a bunch of trolls. We talk about it was supposed yeah. to be talk about anything. Anything's open, but it's like don't mess with our entertainment. This is sacred to me. And uh, <laughs> but out of, out of that, uh, we got a friend uh, of Jeffrey this podcast and the podcast that I'm also involved with, Fade to Gray, uh, named Jeffrey Fleming, and he's also been on this show I think a couple times. Yep. So it was all worth it, um, even though it's a newer movie. <laughs> and I'm let my kids tell me start from eldest to the youngest of their their favorite part of Endgame. This is Carmen. Um, <laughs> the whole movie's just so good, I can't choose a favorite part. Alright, thank you. Next. Next. My favorite scene is when <laughs> Anne came to, came to practically save Tony when she's like, Molly told me to come save you. And Tony said, thank you, I am saved. Oh, <laughs> My favorite scene is when um, Spider- Man came out of the portal. Oh, oh yes. yes! I screamed. I was so screamed. happy. <laughs> the volume level in that this house. Good, that was pretty. <laughs> my, fa- my favorite scene is when Anne came down the stairs when it was. It, it's okay. It actually translates pretty well across. She's it. so excited. She just, it's okay, kids. Go ahead. Your favorite scene is when Anne came down the stairs and she said what Tony said. And she said what Tony said. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Shit. Tony said shit, and then Anne copied him. And Tony was like, shh, don't tell mommy. And that's my and that was my five year old's favorite part of the movie, and you can tell that we are awesome parents. Yes. So, th- thank you very much for playing the game, kids. Go um, go enjoy your evening. Bye, kids. Love you. Appreciate it. Thanks for your patience too. It's awesome. And thanks, Aww. thank you, listeners, for your patience as well. And so that is uh, end game. It has definitely influenced my family, which you know influences myself as well. So five on the green scale. All right. Uh, let's see here. Keith, what do you think about Avengers Endgame? Uh, I am the biggest Marvel nerd. Uh, man, 
I love Marvel comics. I read them as a kid growing up. For me, for what what Marvel did, you know, over ten years, starting with Iron Man, connecting all these films together, leading one story that's told across all these different stories, culminating in that final film is like no one will ever touch that. That yeah. is just it's unbelievable, and they did it seamlessly, flawlessly, perfectly. And as a as a crazy you know Marvel geek fanboy. For me, that scene where Captain America uses Thor's hammer and kicks the crap out of Thanos, dude, I was wetting my pants. I was so happy. I was like, I can't believe I'm getting to see this. This is the best time to be a geek ever. Uh, I'm I'm so happy I get to live at this time in history. Thank you, God. So, yes, I I love, love, love uh, all the Marvel films, but especially Endgame. It was, uh, you couldn't have asked for anything better. So you can tell, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to probably give that one a five also. Wow. Okay. Uh, Keith Childs gives it a five. I, I mean, honestly, though, I can't think of any movie that ties things together so well. There's the nothing. way they were g- jumping back through other movies. Yeah. And, t- and I'm, just, I'm like, holy shit, my mind is blown. <laughs> and, and this is a freaking superhero movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I knew because... I had quote unquote spoiled the movie, you know how it ended, <laughs> but the movie was so much more than that yeah, ending. Yeah. And I knew, I knew the whole time and I think I'm going to spoil it again. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Tony, Tony dies, what? which I mean, I mean, and he's was one of my favorite characters ever. I mean, like just the cockiness of like, I am Iron oh, Man. Damn the fir- the, the, so the first superhero to actually say, yeah, that's me. I yeah. fucking did it. And the, and the, and, yeah, uh, the beautiful thing of how they connected it, like the, the bookends of how Iron Man yes. ends with the big shocking, you know, he's supposed I, to do the press I conference and make us make up a story. It's like, fuck it, I'm Iron Man. And then it's like, <laughs> and then to end it with, he dies with, I am Iron Man. Boom. Oh, jeez. Just so good. Oh. <laughs> All right. Elizabeth, what do you think about Endgame? Yeah. Um, I think I'd be kicked out of my family if I gave it any <laughs> less than a five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, um, I will say the volume level. You're your own person, babe. I, so. I was... Okay, you're going to hate me, but when they were watching it the one time I was in my room reading a book, enjoying some private time, but um, it got so loud when the Avengers started reappearing, that the yeah. ones that had disappeared. Like, the first few started, and I heard my oldest daughter freaking out, and then everybody starts coming after her. I mean, it just, it was so loud. <laughs> I had to go see why. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, unfortunately, I have not seen uh, Avengers Endgame. Are you serious? Uh, Kick him! Keith's done! (laughs) He's done! Chris! He's like, you can can say whatever you want to about my last name. You can butcher my name however you want. But you invite me on a sci-fi movie genre, and you can't even talk about Endgame. You had days to prepare for this. I'm sorry. I I have not seen it. I don't really care for that kind of stuff. And we're done. Turn it off. Let's go. Let's leave. We're done. (laughs) Really, the only superhero I ever really connected with was Batman, and uh, I just yeah. I can't get into okay. I can't get into oh Marvel my and God. stuff. I don't know why. DC is not even good unless you're a villain. <laughs> they, they can only ma- the only thing they can make good in DC is villains. 
So you know, but ba- Batman's not even a good. So he's he has no super fucking powers. He's, he's a, rich. He's a spoiled rich little <laughs> yeah. brat who is one, thinks he's a vigilante and encourages other vigilante stupidness. And then gets too, mad when other people are vigilantes. Yes. Well, I kind of agree with Lena here that Endgame shouldn't even count as sci-fi. But uh, you know, what? I, How? It is what it is. How? No, I How get it. No, it look, there's there's a reason why there's no Marvel. As much as I'm a crazy Marvel fan, there's no Marvel films on my sci-fi list because I segregate. I would segregate superhero films as a separate genre, and I, the same yep. way I would also separate like uh, anime as a separate one because like there's a lot of anime that I think is great sci-fi, Paprika, and you know a lot of great films like that that are great sci-fi, but I keep them in as in their separate genres, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I I'm sure it's great. My <laughs> wife actually just recently watched all of these cause we had a trial to, to Disney plus. And so she, she binged all of the Avengers stuff and is telling me, Hey, they're pretty good. And she's even like, Hey, you have to watch WandaVision before we yes. use our Disney plus stuff. Oh damn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, you do. Yeah. WandaVision you is have- awesome. <laughs> I've been watched WandaVision over the weekend. You need to do it. You you really have no excuse for any of this. I mean, they're great movies. They're Fantastic. great movies. Yes. Uh, you have I'm no sure excuse. they're great. I'm sure they are. And one day I will get around to watching them. I've seen a few uh, Marvel movies, but I have not seen any of the Avengers. So I'm sorry, <sighs> Omar, but uh, that does mean that Endgame is only going to get 15 points on the uh, grayscale. And I'm sure Jeffrey, it deserves more. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you need to write a song about Chris <laughs> and how he hasn't ever seen Endgame. I apologize Endgame. to all, all the listeners. We have just lost the listener. Yeah, we just lost. We lost the, the listener. Our, listener. our listener is gone. Uh, I'm, I apologize our for listener. Chris. Our listener. <laughs> yeah, there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Elizabeth. If uh, if if Endgame is so great, what is your third favorite sci-fi movie of all time? Okay. Well, first of all, um, I really want Yogi Teas to sponsor us. So, Yogi, this is me drinking oh Yogi God. Tea again. Oh my God! <laughs> Shut up. What what is you, your number three all time? All right. Sci-fi. So I'm with I'm with Keith on this one, and that there were uh, and Chris as well. It's such a huge genre, and you can split it so many different ways. And we've talked about various types of sci-fi shows, so. I picked some that I'm hoping I didn't mention before um, because Star Wars would be on my list otherwise. Okay, but number three is 2008's City of Ember. And I really liked that one. And I know, okay, this is a 2008 and I definitely have been live much longer than that. But um, it really, I really liked it because I love the storyline. I like that age range that it was geared for. What's it like? um, Young adult juvenile fiction whatever i'm talking books but it the the storyline is this whole uh group of people the the earth was being wiped out so a group of people went underground and lived there to try and repopulate the earth at some point but they're all living underground and the underground city is starting to disintegrate well a girl and her friends uh start finding clues that originally the people who originally went down underground had designed it for those people underground to eventually move back on the earth. Um, but the powers that be, Billy Crystal, um, no, yeah. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. Bill, Bill, Murray. Murray. Bill, Murray. Bill Murray. Sorry, sorry. Wrong Bill. Sorry. Not even close. Um, <laughs> Bill Murray is much better. Um, he uh, basically wanted to keep everybody under control underground. I really liked that movie a lot because to me, it really resonated with how the church is <laughs> like, we're supposed to go out and be get bigger, but no, we're like, the church is like, no, we have to stay in our underground little hole. Um, so it really resonated me- with me for that reason. I, I liked the, um, 
punk punk rock or what's it called um oh shit what's it called steampunk steampunk thank you i love the steampunk style you're so you're so hip babe i'm so not <laughs> and <laughs> i like that style of 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 uh imagery that they put throughout the whole film with the costumes yeah. and the de- decor or the props and backdrops and all that stuff so so what would you give city of ember okay well it wasn't as good as endgame so it's getting a four Okay. Mm. All right. Elizabeth gives City of Ember a four. Keith, have you seen City of Ember? I have. Um, yeah, that's how I remembered it was Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> I do remember watching that. I saw it at like a dollar movie night with my kids when they were when they were younger. Um, sadly, though, I did not like the film as much as you did, Elizabeth. I honestly, and I, I'm sorry to say this, I'd have to give it like a one. Hey, you're giving it a All point. Right. That's okay. I, I'll give it a point. Yes. <laughs> there you go. I mean, and, and here's why. I give it a point for the design. Because like you said, uh, the, the way the city was designed, underground city was designed, I thought was really cool. Um, so some of those elements I, were, were cool. And, you know, the whole that whole idea of like, there's been a lot of films about, about that sort of dystopian underground. Uh, like Logan's Run is like that. THX 1138 is like that. Um, lots of films like that. Uh, I, I just like those films better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. So Keith gives uh, City of Ember a one. Omar, what do you think? I can do better than that. I mean, I can do better than a one just because Bill Murray is in it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to call my friend, my good friend William in a second and tell him, you know, Keith is, you know, giving one of his movies a one. No. Um, <laughs> Next to you and Bill are so tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so tight. You know, you and, yeah. we go way, go way back. Um, I roll all of his joints. So anyway, uh, I I would have to give this movie. So the conceptually, like the idea of this movie is great. Casting, I think it's great. I I, I think I'm lost in the steampunkiness of it more than anything else. Like I don't. I guess I get it. You know, it's future faux future with retro. You know, feel. I don't know. I. I'll give it a four. I'll give you a four, babe. Right. Wow. wow. That's, That's actually way higher good. than I expected. It's because it's my birthday yeah. week. Oh, uh, you can't have padding in your <laughs> score just because it's your birthday week. Oh, Padding's my God. Well, um, that brings it to me. I've never heard of this movie. Uh, so City of Ember gets a zero from me. Chris. I'm sorry. Oh, you're, su- you're sucking at this game. You're telling Chris, me that I'm the one that doesn't watch movies? Oh, come I think on. A new, I think a new rule is if you're coming to a, a genre and there's three movies on a list that people bring in that you don't know, you've never seen, then you should get deducted points be, yourself. There's only been two so far. I know, so, so, so far. <laughs> you're putting, I can guarantee you the next Elizabeth one uh, is going to get around the same score here, people. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I mean, I wish I had seen it because I love Bill Murray and it sounds interesting. Steampunk. I've never, you know, whatever. But uh, it, you describing that kind of makes me think. <laughs> he doesn't whatever. know what of, steampunk is. <laughs> I really don't. But but you describing Boomer. that kind of makes me think of uh, of that one Michael Sarah movie, uh, the ex girlfriends. Oh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Oh, that's right. That just movie just by the ass. way that you describe. I love that. It, it's not, yeah, that's a good it's movie. Nothing it's like nothing that movie at though. all. Not even close. How, <laughs> well, all right. how would you connect Scott Pilgrim to that? Hey, Scott Pilgrim was never underground. Never underground. There was, no, there was nothing There's no steampunkiness. No steampunk. It's all like comic book yeah. type feel to it, or video game. Video I guess game. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I guess maybe Elizabeth should have described it better. So, Chris, uh, you just weren't listening because a woman was talking. That's why. I, I Moving think, on. I think we, yeah. we all, the rest of us heard it just fine. Yes. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, what, City what, of Ember. Watch some good movies, Chris. Oh, I do. Like I, in fact, I've got uh, my movie about is about to kick your ass. In fact, you're going to love it. Uh, but but City of Ember is going to get a nine on the grayscale. All right. So that's going to bring us to my third favorite. And so, like I said, there are so many movies that I could play on this list uh, that I've already played on like subgenres of sci-fi. Uh, but uh, because so, so I want to keep it fresh. It's what's so, that? It's so fresh because you say it again. So it's fresh for us one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyhow, uh, I have never played this game on movies that molded me, uh, but it's totally deserving of a top three spot. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, a 2001 uh, Richard Kelly written and directed uh, Donnie Darko. Uh, mm. Of course, it stars. You've never uh, played this one, huh? I've never played this sure? one. Uh, you played it on Halloween. I think, now's now's a good time moments. to play it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great movie. Um, essentially, there's this teenager who has uh, some mental health issues, um, uh, certainly a chemical imbalance, and um, uh, you don't really know exactly what's happening until the movie kind of unfolds. But essentially, he's being visited by this giant bunny rabbit, uh, you know, who's uh, making him do crazy things like uh, burst the pipes at his school or set uh, a pedophile's uh, house on fire. Uh, you know, he does all these these things, and at the end, uh, there's an element of time travel in it uh but it, it's an extremely thought-provoking and beautiful film uh you know even though i talk about something as ridiculous as, as frank the giant bunny rabbit um you could watch this movie and be brought to tears yeah. uh just by how beautiful it is uh and so um you know i i think that this movie i i tend to think of it as like a halloween type movie just because it is set around halloween uh, it's something i watch every year and and look forward to every year uh and uh, you know omar brought this up on our our um, scary movies halloween edition uh last year and and you know i was glad that he played it because it's so deserving uh to be uh talked about more than once on yeah, our podcast but chris i've had some time to rethink my score so i'm glad you brought this back up <laughs> you better not uh so you know I, I could talk for hours about donnie darko uh and just like the mystery in it. and it and richard kelly who wrote and directed it he's gone on to do other movies that to me were not anywhere near uh, as beautiful or uh, as thought provoking, um, you know, but this one is an absolute winner. Uh, and I give Donnie Darko a five on the grayscale. Uh, that brings us to Keith. What do you think about Donnie Darko? Love that movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Great film. Um, yeah. And kind of a sad thing too. Like you said, uh, the director kind of pulled an M. Night Shyamalan where like out of the gate, first movie was uh, amazing and nothing. It was like start off the top and everything after that went downhill. Uh, yeah. never ever equaled that, but, uh, man, that movie is good. Um, I, I also love what I loved about the film is that the first time you watch it, it's completely misdirecting you. You totally think it's going to be like, you're expecting one thing, right? Like Donnie Darko is going to turn into some kind of serial killer because this demonic bunny rabbit is running around with a knife and trying to get him to kill people and stuff. But, but then you realize, oh, it has, that's not it at all. And it actually no. is this, this really surreal sort of multiple reality time travel thing. Um, and man, it is good. It's very good. Deep, um, great acting, incredible cast. Drew Barrymore's in. I can't remember all the people that are in it. Mm -hmm. so tons of people are in it. Um, yeah, I really do love that film. Patrick Swayze is, in oh. my opinion, his best film. Yeah. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, yeah he's one of or the teachers. One of the teachers, right? 
Well, no, he's the one. He's the pedophile. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes yeah. into the house. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, I love that film. Right. <laughs> and it's one of those films, too, where I like part of the reason why I think I love it so much is it's one of those films where like, especially when it first came out, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you have this your favorite indie band, right? You love this band before anyone knew it was popular. Right. And, uh, and then, then all of a sudden they have a big hit on the radio and then everyone listens to them and you're like, Oh, I, I listened to them long before you knew who they were. But then, but, but once everybody knows it, it's not cool anymore because now everybody it becomes knows a it. little nauseating. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, Donnie yeah. Darko was like that because when I first discovered it, it was like this little indie film and no one ever heard of it. And it was so deep and so mind blowing. And then, then it just kind of exploded and now everybody's, Oh, Donnie Darko. Um, anyway, long way around the, around the mountain there. I, I love that film, but I would, I would probably give it a 4.5 just because, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's not, I don't know, it's hard to say what the flaws are, but I, 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 it's not perfect. And in a way, that's okay. I don't need films to answer all the questions, you know, like, uh, like it the annoys me when, stuff. yeah, I, yeah, I don't, it, sorry, it, it um, I, 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 I like ambiguity in films, so it's not that. But um, I don't know. But whatever. I, I give it a 4.5. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good score. Omar? Uh, no, excuse me. Elizabeth. I still haven't seen it. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Omar. Payback, payback's a bitch. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't remember what I gave it last time. Um, you I gave mean, it a five. Maggie and Jake. I mean, is that why you chose this? You're like, went back. He's like, I got to win. He's going to have to choose. No. He's got to give it well, a five. I could have chosen here, some well, other ones. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So <laughs> Maggie and Jake are, are both beautiful people. Um, yeah. Probably wouldn't kick either one of them out of the bed. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, um, and I, it was one of those movies um, when I saw it, for the time I saw it, for movies that molded me. I think the genre that we were in is something scary or horror. What genre were we in for Halloween or time yeah, travel? It was a scary or movies. time travel. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, it would definitely score high in my scary movies because I don't watch a lot of scary movies. Um, but just sci-fi in general, I mean, it. You are kidding me right now. I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the movie. I'm not I'm not shitting on it, but I agree with uh, Keith. There's something about it. It almost is has a I'm so cool because I like Donnie Darko feel right. to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, like it went back when I liked it. It was like oh this is really cool. This movie no one really likes. And now it's just like oh like it, it has like an air of arrogance to it yeah. that makes I think it, at one time it not it did. as good i think now it does more than ever no no so, way i will give it a 3.5 on the gray scale you are such a jerk you gave uh city of ember a four <laughs> come on all right does that compare really that's that's that's, that's a good point that's a good point I, I can give donnie darko a four as well there you go. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm talking solid, about. Okay, so it's solid point. <laughs> so Donnie Darko then, I don't know fucking how, is going to get a 13.5 on the grayscale. What a weird life. <laughs> oh, that's going to bring us back around to uh, to Keith, your number two okay. sci-fi movie of all time. Okay, this one, this one is tough. Um, 
it, it may be one of the ones where it may be one of these ones where it uh, it crosses some genres a little bit. Like we were saying, some some films that are is it sci-fi, is it this or that? Um, but um, I, I maintain this is a, this is a science fiction film written by one of my all-time favorite screenwriters of all time, Charlie Kaufman. The film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. All right. Um, and oh, I got to wow. say, I got to say, if I could give this movie a six, I would give it a six because strong pick. I, I got I saw this film in the theater. Um, I, I was aware of Charlie Kaufman because he had done the screenplay for being John Malkovich. I thought that was kind of interesting and a really kind of a creative film. But, uh, and I think he had done adaptation by then, which I still think is a genius screenplay. Um, uh, and you know, anyway, uh, but so I went to go see this film in the theater and I was stunned. I mean, it's seriously that this movie impacted me, affected me probably almost like no other film. For days afterwards, I was like stunned. Uh, and I literally, it caused me to literally take stock of the people in my life that mean something to me. And, um, I thought about like my, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry. I, I thought about my wife. I thought about my best friend, um, the people in my life who, you know, um, uh, who are there for me and love me, you know, no matter who, what I do, no matter who I am. Like it's, man, it was profound. Like if I could say a movie is profound, Eternal Sunshine is a profound film and I've seen it multiple times. Uh, again, every time I see it, it gets me, that ending gets me every time. Um, Charlie Kaufman is a flat out genius. Uh, I, I really love him. And I think he's, I would, I would go as far as to say he is the best screenwriter working in Hollywood today. All right, wow. but Keith, you have to now defend how this is a sci-fi movie. Oh, that's that's easy. Look, the whole thing hinges on the fact that there's a guy, a doctor who's invented a machine that erases your memory. Specific memories, not just, I mean, because I can erase your memory by just, you know, giving you a lobotomy. But he, he can erase a specific person, all your memories of a specific person using this machine. And the, of course, the story is that, you know, when you have a breakup, in other words, you're so impacted by grief Someone has died or broken up with you or you're, some people in the film like their pet has died or something. And so you go in with all the all the things that that remind you of that person. And you go in and you touch each one and you're asked to remember something about that person. They map your brain. And then that night they go in with this machine and they target those memories and one by one zap them and erase them. And the morning you wake up and you remember nothing of this person or your connection to them or anything. And it's sort of a way of... Um, Dealing so with it's grief. Kind of like, it's kind of like fireball. <laughs> fireball. What is fireball? Like a, the, alcohol. the alcohol. Whiskey. Oh, yeah. got it. Yes, yes. I was going to say. Uh, uh, they, we we have we have a revolt happening though uh, with our with our <laughs> listener our, our, right now. Um, our listener <laughs> saying that it's not. Uh, sci-fi movie but we'll give you the pass. Oh, look 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 how can it not be yeah, look, you, you, let me, I, I want you I want you to look Daniel Burton right in the eye I am. Uh, and and tell and tell him <laughs> Alright Daniel. This is a All right, Daniel. So Daniel here here's here's the thing about science fiction. Science fiction is anything first of all in, in a most simple level it it's not a film about something that could happen other than there being some massive technology breakthrough, right? And so do we ha- can you go right now to a place and have your specific memories of a person erased? No, why not? Because that that technology isn't invented yet. So the bar. in this film, this film doesn't work unless that technology exists. So in other words, the science fiction doesn't have to have aliens and it has to have doesn't have to be set in the future. Uh it doesn't have to have time travel like uh it science fiction uh, really is a way this this to me is what I love about science fiction. 
science fiction is really any any story that you can tell about a future, and it could be way in the future, it could be near in the future, that allows, what is this? IMDb calls it sci-fi. There you go. There you go. It's, a, it's like, to me, great <laughs> science fiction, um, it, it, it tells you a story about something in the future, but it's actually about today. It's actually about you and me right now. And, and if it's good science fiction, that's what it does. If it's just got ray guns and aliens and time travel and spaceships, it's bullshit. It doesn't, unless it has a story that actually hits you and me right now today, it, it's point, it's worthless. So to me, that's what I love about Eternal Sunshine because it uses this little thing about what if you could do this and, and then says something about us as human beings right now. It's just, that's what I love about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at Nick at what he just said in the com, not laughing at you. Which he says uh, is the FTG podcast a sci-fi fantasy podcast? Since Christopher Cody is basically a Hobbit, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fantasy, not a science fiction. Big difference. Exactly. Big difference. Exactly. So, right. so Keith, uh, yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a sci-fi film, and so you're going to give it a five. Five point uh, five. Imagine. Five point five. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Keith gives Eternal uh, Sunshine of a Spotless Mind uh, five on the grayscale. Omar, what do you think about uh, Eternal Sunshine? Love me some Jim Carrey. Um, and this is one of his better movies, in my opinion, as well. So I uh, didn't impact me quite the same way it did Keith, um, which, I mean, that was a beautiful, elegantly put. Um, it may have swayed my voting a little bit. Um, I'll, 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 I'll give it a four, man. All right. Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen Eternal Sunshine? I have. I saw it soon after it came out on DVD with my friend Danette. Whoop, whoop, Danette, if you're watching. Not that she is because she doesn't know who I am anymore. It doesn't matter. Anyway, but uh, she had me watch it with her. And I tell you, like, it did the same for me, Keith. I'm going to give it a four only because um, there are other movies that have impacted me more. But that one definitely stuck with me for days, days. I, like, had to rewatch it just to make sure I understood everything I watched. <laughs> <laughs> Did that right. really happen? Okay. So Elizabeth is going to give it a four as well. Uh, I have seen this oh. movie and uh, Jim Carrey was absolutely fantastic. And it was like one of those early movies where he's starting to take serious roles yeah. and people are, are starting to see that he actually has range as an actor. And Kate Winslet's great. Um, I, I, I did like this movie quite a bit. I, it didn't touch me as much as it did you, Keith, but I, you know, I, I love it. Uh, I will also give it a four. This is going to be our highest uh, rated movie so far on this list at 17 out of 20 on the grayscale, uh, which is going to bring us back to Omar for your second favorite sci-fi movie. And our, our listener is r- rabid right now. <laughs> rabid. Um, they're saying so like one comment here and I, I'm going to defend you here, Keith. So the notebook is not sci-fi because the, the Alzheimer's patient, loses the memory was not because of a machine that was doing that. You're no, missing... no, no, no. Have you You're not seen this movie, point. Daniel? Yeah. Daniel. No, and losing your memory is not science fiction. You can lose your memory any way possible. I'm saying there is a machine that will target specific memories of specific people. That makes it science fiction. Don't, don't, yeah, don't. Say, I agree. Don't I think it's Keith sci-fi. Off. Yeah. Yeah. And INDB has gone <laughs> as far as making that decision. And, and so, um, my number we two, did decide before the podcast, we did decide to true. go ahead and, and, and look at IMDB if we were, you know, debating on whether or not it was sci fi. All right. All right. <laughs> so, so my number two of all time, I am not playing by the same rules 
uh, Chris and Elizabeth are as far as not picking movies that I've chose before. Although apparently Chris f- feels like it's like, I'm just gonna pick ones that Omar's you know chosen five before and rechoose them here. So make sure that my nope. pad my score. But ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> so my number two of all time, I believe, was 1987. Yes, directed by Mel Brooks. Yes, ri- written by Mel Brooks. Yes, stars Mel Brooks. Yes, and John Candy, Rick Moranis, who's was almost in another s- sci-fi movie I was going to choose, w- which is not Shrinking of the Kids, but this was all about them big. Oh, juicy space balls. I love love me some space balls. This again is a movie like I'm I'm looking at the list of like there's really good movies on the list I could have chosen from if I'm trying to like impress like my like cinephobes out there with the movies I'd like to watch. If I like, I can pick Eternal Spot, uh, Eternal Spotless Mind, or Inception, or some other. I think you are impressing shit. cinephobes by choosing Spaceballs. Cinephobes. By the way. Yes, <laughs> cinephobes. No, no, no. So people are afraid. People are afraid of film. You're cinephobic. <laughs> No, Sethophobic. That's a different thing. Um, anyway, um, m- moving on. Oh. I I I chose this movie. Uh, hey, that's Omarisms, man. I gotta roll with it, Mister Mister Giles. Giles. Um, Giles. <laughs> um, so, c- cinephiles is that kind of like pedophiles, but like like movie yeah, kids? Yeah. There okay. you go. Okay. There you go. Um, so cinephiles. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to offend anybody. Um, but Ooh, we, uh, don't, we don't. We don't mean to offend pedophiles. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend the xenophobes. Sorry, out there. sorry, pedophiles. Um, but I, 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 ch- I chose this. Sorry, Joe Biden. I chose this movie oh, be, 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 basically because I. Uh, uh, sorry, Mar- Mark Zerg. So much for um, my. Uh, oh my so god! Anyway, I, get, I, I give this movie a five. And I'm gonna move move right along. Moving along, I'm done talking about it. Pizza man eats himself. The swart's bigger than mine. P- uh, combing the p- desert with a pick, Afro pick, all this stuff. Hilarious. It's, it's putting a big uh, mid- middle finger to space or, or all the Star Wars people out there. So, getting a five. Oh my God! Okay, all right. Omar gives Spaceballs a five. Keith, what do you think about Spaceballs? Oh well, I know this is a huge uh, people, you know, fan favorites. People love. I, you know, I don't know, man. I'm just, I, I, I'm not a big Mel Brooks fan, to be honest. Um, I, I, I used to love when I was when I was younger. I loved Young Frankenstein, and then I tried to show it to my kids when they were in there and they were teenagers and it was like a, it was like dead silence. We watched it and I, and I actually apologized. I was like, I'm sorry. Cause I, I remember this being funnier than it was. And I know this is space ball. So I know it's different, but um, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not a huge baseballs fan. Maybe I should rewatch it. I just, I don't know, man. I, you have I, something against balls, Keith? I love, I love balls. Um, I love both, both of mine. I'm really fond of them. J- just, just not space ones, huh? Not space. Is that because you're a big Star Wars fan? No, no. I'm really not a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, the, the first, the first, you know, uh, Star Wars Empire and Jedi, the original ones. Is it uh, I love. space then you have a problem with? It's, it's Mel Brooks, really. It's just, I'm not a big Mel Brooks yeah. fan. Yeah. 
My favorite Mel Brooks film is actually Elephant Man. If you don't know, he produced that film. Uh, I don't think I knew yes, that, actually. He, and he kept his name off of it because he knew that if you saw Mel Brooks's name on a film about called Elephant they Man, you would it think seriously. it was a comedy. Yes. So he, he kept yeah. his name uh, out of the limelight. But he produced the film, hired wow. David Lynch, and great movie. Anyway, wow. uh, no, Spaceballs, I'm sorry. I'd say like three. Mm. Oh, that's pretty generous. I'm being generous. Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, uh, I, mean, I, I give it a three, really, Omar, because you made me laugh so hard just now in the in the, in the conversation about the film, not the film itself. I'm just going to give you the cinephobes thing. I'm gonna, yeah. I gotta, I'll gotta. i never forget that. Yeah, I, wanna, I like don't, the fact don't that don't we didn't even really talk about it. cinephobes yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, uh, what do you think about Spaceballs? Oh, man. I love the movie. I do. I want to give it a four because I didn't watch it till I was older. And I'm kind of with Keith on this one. I didn't get it at first. Um, it's one of those ones I had to watch several times, but it, it's all it's all nostalgia now. So I'm going with a four. Actually, I'm going to go with a 4.5. 4. Oh, 4.5. my God. I, I, had, all right. I had actually three Rick Moranis films on my list as I'm actually looking at this, <laughs> look, looking at this now. Honest to God. Wait, hang on. What did Chris give oh. it? Yeah, uh, I'm going to give Spaceballs a one. Fuck uh, you, Chris. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Um, I, I would say Young Frankenstein is a million times better, by the way. Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't know. Mel Brooks is okay. The, the Spaceballs was just, even as a kid, I didn't really like it. Uh, I just thought it was kind of boring. Um so I, I don't know. I don't really have much to say. There's no nostalgia there for me. There's nothing that really does anything for me. Uh, it looks the, the film. I know it's a com- a comedy and it's not supposed to look good, but it looks like shit. It, it's just bad. Um, it's just bad filmmaking. Uh, so shit. I'm going to give it a one. So Spaceballs gets uh 13.5 on the grayscale. <laughs> I can't wait to score your next movie, Chris. <laughs> I can't wait. No retaliation, Omar. Uh-huh, I gave your sure. other film a good not. score. Yeah, yeah. No retaliation whatsoever. Or actually, no, I didn't because I didn't see it. Uh, all right. So, Elizabeth, that's going to bring us to your second favorite sci-fi of all time. Oh, boy. Which cartoon is that's it? That's what I'm trying to decide. <laughs> <laughs> One of our listeners already suggested Wally. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but Wally made or, my... Our, our listener, I'm sorry. Our I listener. Can, can think that, yeah. Suggested Wally, and that was on my uh, space uh, <laughs> list. But I, oh, damn, I don't know. I have to make a decision. <sighs> I have four right I love, now. I love you, Nick Moore. By the way, Nick Moore, we love you. Okay, um, I'm gonna say <laughs> Home, which I think was a Sony film, actually, and it's about an alien invasion. Um, and the way it's portrayed is from the alien's point of view. Um, so the, it, they're trying to find a new place to live because they're, uh, being chased by another alien group of people and a group of aliens. And they decided to settle on earth. So they come and settle on earth. Problem is in order to do that, they take over, take over <laughs> and put all humanity on in Australia or on Australia in Australia. Anyway, in, in Australia. And there's only one girl who who got away with it, and uh, she she didn't get taken, but she needs to find her mom. So she ends up teaming up with one of the aliens who gets uh, 
he gets uh, kicked out of his group. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give it a four. The end. Let me into the out now. Okay, all right. I, you have to give me a little bit more information about this I, I've movie. I've never seen this movie. I think you may have been the only person that's seen this movie by the looks of what, everyone's faces. So, What tell, year did this movie tell, come out? Tell us a little bit more. 2015. Okay, who anima- right, I'm who, looking it up on IMDb right now. It? I think it was Sony. I don't think it was DreamWorks or it was not Disney. It was not Pixar. It was either DreamWorks or it was Sony. It's called. It had Jim Parsons and Rihanna it yeah. Home? and Steve Martin. Home? It's called Home. And then there's a little purple huh. alien. Uh, but yeah, Rihanna was the lead character. Uh, uh, J-Lo was her mom. And um, yeah, All-star cast. Yeah, it was decent cast. Jennifer, the- Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. DreamWorks is what yeah. She Jordan was the mother. Says, so. DreamWorks. It was DreamWorks. All right, Jordan. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I like the storyline. <laughs> You're a troll. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. God damn, Nick. Uh, okay. So, um, so, so you give it, I'm sorry. You give it a four. I'm giving it a four. I liked it because it was a story of a girl. Might as well give it a five. Nobody else is near a score. <laughs> you better give it as many, <laughs> give it as many points as you can. Cause All I right. promise it's not going to get anything else. <laughs> That's fine. I'm giving it a five. Give um, it a yeah. five. All right. Has anybody else seen no. this movie? No. No. F- does, anybody, does anybody else want to see this movie? No. 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 No, no, I don't want to see it. I've never, and I listen. I my one of my goals is to die, making sure having never seen that film. I, I want to make sure I never, never see that movie. It, I love it, it for it the dialogue. I, 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 the reason I love it, the reason I love it is for how they write the aliens' dialogue. You, it's hilarious. It's too late, babe. I know. <laughs> this is brought right, to you so, by Trulies. Oh my god. Okay, so home is gonna get five on the grayscale. Uh, I'm maybe it's good. I don't know. I'm not gonna watch no, it. No, watch Soul. Um, if you're gonna watch an animated movie, I suggest go watch Soul. Chris. Oh yeah, me I plan too. I'm watching Soul, Soul because Soul I found good. out. Soul is great. I found out the other day that Atticus Ross and yeah, uh, Trent yeah. Reznor did the and music for it, so I've got to watch it. Tell was a good movie. Yeah, the one at Golden Globe. I've got to watch yeah, it. That's great. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to bring, uh, to my second favorite. Uh, we recently started allowing TV shows on this podcast. And so I have chosen a TV show. Alf. Uh, <laughs> Alf was so much fun when I was a kid. Uh, but no, hated not that Alf. Show. <laughs> he ate cats. It was awesome. Yeah, I hated that show. Uh, so, uh, so of course, uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorite shows of all time. It's not perfect. Uh, but it is, the is not uh, sci-fi. It, it, no, it's not. Uh, I'm talking about you know a little TV show uh, that uh, that opened up in 2004 and ended in 2010 uh, called Lost, and uh, it was um, you know pretty much the, the showrunners were um, Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof, of course, has gone on to do amazing amazing things. Uh, Damon Lindelof uh, went on to do The Leftovers, which I was obsessed with. Uh, he also did um, the, the Watchmen uh, series that just came out, uh, which was really good. But, uh, you know, this this TV show uh, is about a crew, uh, not a crew, but a group of people that were all together on a flight uh, that crash landed on an island. And, uh, you know, mystery ensued, chaos ensued. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
ABC's executives got fired over it. Uh, it was an absolutely amazing show. And a lot of people, uh, Jordan, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, a lot of people, of course, um, we're obsessed with this show. Like I was, we used to have like these parties where we would, you know, watch it on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, depending upon what season it was. And then we would talk about the episode for an entire week. And we did this for years, postulating what's going to happen. You know, what does this mean? Or, you know, number sequence again. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So it's like all this mystery, uh, you know, with tons of sci-fi elements throughout, uh, and, uh, just time travel. I mean, Anything you could think of uh, that sci-fi related probably happened in this movie, uh, with the exception of Aliens, uh, or I say this TV show. Uh, I can't reckon, recommend Lost enough. Uh, I love it. I know it's not perfect. There are things about it, like especially in hindsight, some of the characters don't really hold up. Jack uh, is a total douchebag asshole uh, in hindsight. Uh, but the acting is very solid. Uh, the writing was uh, really, really solid. Uh, and uh, I, I really think that Lost was the catalyst for many, many great TV shows after that. Uh and yeah, Nick, those are the numbers. I, I would give Lost uh, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Uh, I give it a five. I give it a five on the grayscale. Uh, Keith. Oh, yeah, man. I am a huge Lost fan. Huge Lost fan. Um, love that film. I love film. Love that show. I, I, I actually own the entire DVD set of the entire show. Every series. Nice. Same. I have seen it at least all the way through at least twice. I think just twice, um, but I would do it again. I really do like it, and yeah. you know what? I'm one of the people. Actually, again, I, I, I said earlier, I love. I'm okay with ambiguity, and I don't need all the, everything wrapped up perfectly in a bow. And I think a lot of people are pissed off that right. the final episode didn't answer every damn question. You know, like where's the polar bear? What about the? You know, like I, right. I don't need to know all that. I think what the film. I keep saying film. What this? What the series? <laughs> what the series did? Well, it did extremely well, and. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I really do love that film. I, my biggest, my biggest gripe about the, about that series for me is that I loved all those characters and, um, Locke just got the rough, raw end of the deal. He did not get, he, did. he didn't get a, uh, an ending or a, a, a character arc that was worthy of his character. I mean, gosh, what a great character. And the way yeah. his wrapped up was just very, very, left a very bad taste in my mouth. Uh, so for that reason, I would give it a four, but I did, All I right. really did love, I love Lost. Yeah, I do too. I think it's great. Um, uh, Omar, what do you think about Lost? Good shit, man. And <laughs> I'm glad that it made your list. I am. Cause I know that you really do love it. I've been to your house. I've seen your posters. Um, I've, I've had many conversations with you about Lost. So you know what I think about Lost. I think it's a great movie. I have qualms with the ending. Um, but it also, that also has to do with where I was at in my life, let's say even spiritually when I watched it. Um, because c- when I was connecting with it throughout the series, there were some real spiritual parts where they were praying on the beach and different stuff. And so I was able to connect my faith to that. And so I was thinking, oh, this is kind of a Christian-based movie. Uh, you get to the very end of it, you know, and you find out it's completely universalism and all the, every, everybody's okay <laughs> yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And that's not where I was at in my belief system at that time. So I was actually offended 
in a way. It just it rubbed, it rubbed me the wrong way. I wasn't able. You to, wanted them to go to hell I, I, or <laughs> something. I wanted there to be some more absolute to it all. It just didn't tie it up enough for me at that point. Only I, a Sith deals in absolute. One, one, I think it's one of those shows. He doesn't speak that language. That that I <laughs> that I might be able to uh enjoy more now than I did the first time when I don't rewatch stuff so for me to even consider that I'm like have I forgotten enough about the movie or the show hey I did it too hey everybody um <laughs> that I would you know enjoy it the second time around and I think I might give it a shot um as far as score as far as score goes um 3.5 Okay, 3.5. Elizabeth, have you seen Lost? Yes, Chris, I have, actually. Nice. Uh, Binge-watched several seasons. I don't remember when I started watching it, but it was before the last season came out. And binge-watched it with my then-roommates. Shout-out to Maggie and Laura, if you're out there. Um, We binge-watched it. I did not like it. I did not like it. I think my problem was the elements of suspense. I just don't do well with suspense. I really don't. Yeah. And because it was... Plus it wasn't animated. Shut up. um... Oh, wait. We're voting for Chris. I want to give him a one. I forgot that I was supposed to give him... You've already voted. We got one more I can do. I, um... But I, I, and because it went over, the suspense went over a series for years, it gave me too much anxiety. I couldn't handle it. So um, acting was great. Storyline, yeah, I get it. But um, couldn't handle it. I'm only giving it a three. Okay. Uh, That's not terrible. I'll take it. And I would also like to shout out my mom real quick. I saw her say lost for the win. So thank you, mom. I agree. Lost was awesome. My mom actually, it was really cool because she got caught up right before the end too. And we actually, uh, you know, I was going to school in Oklahoma at the time. So I would drive up there uh, during the week and stay with her and watch Lost with her uh, that last season. Uh, And uh, anyway, that was, that was really cool. So we got to watch that together. That was awesome. Uh, So Lost is going to get a 15.5. Uh, on the grayscale, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I feel pretty good about loss our for everybody. male listener hitting on me right now. Appreciate that. I see, <laughs> I see you there. Aw, that's so nice. <laughs> Omar's getting some love. Uh, let's see here. That's going to bring us to uh, first of all. Let me kind of recap real quick. Um, right now, Eternal Sunshine no. <laughs> of the Spotless Mind uh, is in the lead with 17 points on the grayscale, followed, I can't believe it, by Lost with 15.5 points on the grayscale, uh, which, let's see, Children of Men, no, no, nope. no, Avengers Endgame is right after that, followed by Children of Men, and then followed by Spaceballs tied with Donnie Darko. <laughs> So, so anyways, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where uh, this ends up, but uh, I don't know if anything's going to beat Eternal Sunshine. We'll see. Uh, that's going to bring us back to Keith's number one sci-fi movie of all time. What do you got? Okay. Well, if you know me at all, you know, this will not be a shock to you. Um, in fact, it would be shocking if I picked anything other than this film. I Passion of the Christ? No. <laughs> no. Tr- tremors. <laughs> No, I am obsessed with this film. I, I literally am. In fact, I'm going to show you. I think I think I can turn my computer now and show you my office that I'm in here. And I want you to notice. See that poster there? And then, uh, yeah. and then now if you see um, this bookshelf below me here, uh, yeah. every single thing on that bookshelf is related to this film. Um, I, I wow. have an amazing collection. By Even the way, the dildo? Uh, 
<laughs> Even that poster right there, that, that framed picture right there, that print is also from the film. Uh, this film, since I've, since I watched it on cable television back in, gosh, I guess it probably was late eighties, early, early nineties, maybe by the time, uh, probably late eighties when I saw it on cable. Um, the film is Blade Runner and, uh, I, I'm obsessed with this film and, and, and it's one of these things where I know, I know objectively it's not the greatest film ever made. Um, it doesn't, um, you know, I've seen other films that, that, like I said, Eternal Sunshine moved me much more emotionally. Uh, I've seen other films that I think were more exciting or thrilling or had a story that just like, oh, shocked me and surprised me. Wow, what a great twist or something in the film, in the film. Um, that, but, but Blade Runner is not, it's not like that. So for me, what Blade Runner is, I think what I love the most about the film, to me, it's all, it's a work of art. And I know all film is art in some way, but honestly, to me, the sum total of the visuals, the 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 audio, the soundtrack, Vangelis soundtrack, um, the dialogue. Gosh, there are lines of dialogue that are poetry, literally poetry. If you just pulled them out and isolated them and just read them or, or played a clip of some lines of dialogue, it literally is its poetry. And all of this together, as well as what Ridley Scott did in this film, was to create a world. I mean... Uh, this is so. There's different versions of the film. The original, the original version of the film had a voiceover soundtrack that Harrison Ford was forced to do, uh, and actually, he said in an interview afterwards, he did it. He did such a lousy job on the on the voiceover because he thought it was a dumb idea, and he said he he honestly believed that if he did a, a crappy enough job, they would just not use it, but they used it. So that's why it sucks because he on purpose was trying to make it sound bad. Um, but so there's a director's cut that came out later that pulled that uh, voiceover track out of the film. And that version of the film is really where now you can hear the street noises, you can hear people chattering and walking and cars going by, and you feel like you're in a city that really exists. You feel like you are pulled into a real world. Um, and you get to live in it for two and a half hours. And um, it's just a, such a, an amazing film to me. It, it hits every single one of those on the rubric for me. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen it. Too many times. I'll probably watch it at least twice more this year. Um, I just love it. I, I can't explain it. It just, that film got me and I really am kind of obsessed with like watching it, talking about it. And, and I'll just say, by the way, too, this is also something I think is really kind of odd or, or sort of interesting. On my theological side of things, you know, writing books and, and talking about theology and stuff. Um, I found out Brad Jerzak also is kind of crazy for this film too. So he and I have that in common. I was very excited to find out that he loved this film as much as I did. So uh, Brad, uh, Blade Runner, yeah, for me is kind of my all-time favorite science fiction film. So it's got to be a five, right? Six. But yes, five. I can't go higher <laughs> than five. Sorry. I give it a 10. But it goes yeah. to 11. Yeah, I give it a five. Okay, so so Keith Giles is going to give Blade Runner a five. Omar, what do you think about Blade Runner? Do they redo this movie? Like they didn't redo it. No, there was a sequel. They made a sequel with Ryan Gosling and Denis Villeneuve directed that. Yeah, which was also a fantastic film. My favorite director right now. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. What year did the original come out? Eighty-two. Yep. It's old. I'm fairly positive I have not seen it. Oh, God. 
Wow. Oh, um, you're killing me, man. I, I apologize. I, I, Harrison I'm Ford, Rutger Hauer. No. Sean Young. Sean Young. I, I know everything about it, but the thing was, growing up, I was never into sci-fi type movies. Like, especially, especially like space ones. That's why, like, closest thing you're going to get to me is space balls. Cause it's, like, <laughs> just, um, so, uh, but I, so yeah, I, I, w- I saw the second one, um, and I enjoyed twenty forty nine. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I just—it's just too old looking. I think for me to like want to sit through at this point. You mean the original um, one? Yes. Yeah. Correct. It it is uh, it is a little old. It's dated in the sense that right now it's set in the past because it, it's set in uh, November of twenty nineteen. So it's actually now in the past for us. And I know I'm going to get like hella shit for people because I mean, it, and, and as far as the cinephobes go, they, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're all very afraid of this one. No, I mean, they, the cinephiles, um, I know this gets a lot of respect in the geekdom world and all that stuff too. So I apologize in advance. Um, I suck and you guys are going to hate my number one, but yeah, I can't vote on it. So a zero. Elizabeth, have you seen Blade Runner? I have not. Of course not. (laughs) They basically need to kick me off and get a new host over here. (laughs) How do you? How do you even have yourself a a show about movies? I I don't know. I'm supposed to do the book one because that's what I do all the time. There you go, (laughs) Elizabeth. I'm glad you're here. Mm -hmm. Um, I've obviously seen. I've obviously seen Blade Runner, and there's a couple of things that I have to say about this movie. I don't think it looks bad at all. For 1982, the visuals, yeah. the visuals in this movie is incredible. Yeah, uh, what what they were capable of doing, uh, even in 1982, it, it just blows my mind that they were even able to do that. And, and you know, the premise of the movie really uh, is about um, it's almost about like modern day slavery because you've got these uh, these robots um, who you know are th- they're self aware and uh, they're they're slaves and uh like like a good you know world we outlaw it uh but you know whenever they whenever they revolt we go and send a blade runner out to destroy yeah. them uh which of course is you know a horrible thing but um there's no way that a wonderful movie like ex machina would ever right. be possible without blade runner exactly. um this movie is so influential in so many ways. Uh, and it's not even a movie that like I get super excited about, but it's something I can say, man, I can see where all these movies that are coming out now have been influenced by this film. Uh, and so of course, uh, I'm going to have to give it a good <laughs> score. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful movie. Sean Young, uh, Omar, I know you'll know her. Um, <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> you're such a dickhead, Nick. <laughs> So, so Sean Young, I know you'll know her from uh, Ace Ventura. Uh, she's Finkel and Einhorn, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, anyhow, you know she I, she's not really a famous actress anymore. But she was so good in that movie. Uh, Harrison Ford is great. Um, Rutger Hauer, uh, almost. I can't remember. Rutger, his, yeah, Rutger, Rutger Hauer. Hauer. Damn, he's, but you know, yeah. Rutger Hauer always scared me after I saw The Hitcher when I was a kid. So I couldn't I couldn't watch movies with him uh, without being scared. <laughs> Cause that movie fucking freaked me out. Uh, but, but anyhow, yeah, Blade Runner's great. Uh, I'm going to have to give it a five on the grayscale. So, uh, unfortunately you know, it's like it's not what 10. it deserves, yeah. but yeah. it's going to be a 10. It's going to be a 10. 
Uh, and that brings us to Omar's uh, number one sci-fi movie of all time. Oh, man. I'm over here actually like Googling uh, top sci-fi TV shows because I, I hate my number one so much right now. Um, and, and our listeners are going to be so mad at me. And uh, But uh, no, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go with what I, what I, what I stuck with Good. originally. And, Good. Uh, my, my, my number one is idiocracy okay and oh, before yeah. you say it's not sci-fi no no he it's did, sci-fi he, 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 okay he traveled uh th- into the future and come to find out that basically the world is way dumber because dumb people procreate faster than smart people and over time basically uh just the, the world deteriorates to real world 2021 so um basically we end up with a president uh well I guess I should say 2020 because now our president's like you know needs to be in a nursing home, but last year uh, that was that was basically uh pretty much uh like in the movie Idiocracy it's a wrestler uh celebrity who becomes president you know we have like the apprentice celebrity that become president in real life and uh you know just a lot of dumb things that happen uh, they kill their crops because uh, they're using Gatorade or uh. Yeah. Uh, it's what is ele- it? the electrolytes. Pants they love the electrolytes. Yeah. It's what yeah. pants crave. It's not Gatorade though. What was it called? It? What do they call it? It's oh, something it's like that shit. Gatorade though. I can't remember. Yeah, what it it's was. it's a rip off of that. Yeah. It, but uh everything is at the Costco. You can get your uh uh law degree from Costco. Yes. I mean, there, there's so many things that are just so much fun. Just like they they trying to figure out what to do. They throw you in a pit of like death that you have to like try to survive. It's um, it, but the funny thing is that we're laughing about it, but we can all relate because of the craziness we just lived through in the last, you know, 2020, even going into 2021. So, um, it's one of those things like, is it prophetic? I don't know. I hope not, but, uh, it's funny. It's great. Uh, first time I ever watched this movie, I like lulled all over the floor. I, I don't talk like that, <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I laugh my ass off. Like, and it's one of those things that every time I watch it, every time I see it, um, I don't have to sit down and watch the whole thing, but I sit down and catch little parts of it. And it's still like, I just sit there and wait for the jokes. Cause you know, they're coming. So, um, yeah, give it a five. All right. Omar has given idiocracy a five Keith Giles. What do you think about idiocracy? You know, I only recently watched this film cause I had so many people recommending it and I'd heard so many good things about it. Um, everything you just said that it was sort of, uh, unintentionally kind of prophetic. Um, and, and what's also fascinating about the film too, I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this, but, um, Mike Judge directed it and wrote the screenplay for it. Mike Judge responsible for, uh, like King of the Hill and some of these other, uh, great. Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, he's, he's great. And so for that reason, see, this is something else I also love. I love films that are, um, true satire. You know what I mean? Satire is such a rare thing. And this film does a beautiful job of it because it's, it's, it's giving you the jokes, but there is a little bit of a bite. There's a little bit of a twisting of the knife. And it's like, it's funny because damn it, he, he there, it's true, right? There's something about yeah. it that's like, ah. Uh. So I, I, again, and so the fact this is, this is a science fiction that is also a satire, which again, as I said, science fiction, good science fiction in my mind is saying something back about us. So it's just that great kind of looking in the mirror and laughing, but kind of going, ah, damn it. He's right. Um, I did like the film a lot. I, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's worthy to be in the top three of something, but I mean, it is good. I, I, I guess I give it a, I give it a 
All right. Uh, Elizabeth, what do you think about uh, Idiocracy? I know I've seen it. I don't remember it at all, so I'm not Wow. I don't remember it. I know we watched it together, didn't we? I mean, I own it. Sitting right there. <laughs> sitting yeah, right there. Like I said, I know right, I've seen it. Right I just can't there. remember it at all. So I'm I'm useless tonight, you guys. So All right. Elizabeth can't vote on idiocracy. Um I liked idiocracy. I like it like he said, I would never put it in the top three of anything, but I think it's a, a good movie. And certainly, uh, like everyone's already mentioned, it's you know, it, it's a satire of the times. And um, uh, yeah, it, it does a good job of, of uh, showing just what uh, a crazy world we could live in or possibly did live in, uh, you know, in the past few years. So uh, I will give Idiocracy a three on the grayscale, which is going to give it an 11.5. Which is more than Blade uh, Runner, which I, I, I kills me. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nature of the game, man. I don't think Elizabeth is going to be very happy yeah, once we get off if, this. If you've ever watched any of these episodes, uh, Keith, that's what happens. Some of the really good movies sometimes yeah, just, end up getting like no score. Yes, Jordan, because it was sponsored by Truly, that's exactly why you should put that, <laughs> put that thing up. <laughs> Elizabeth can't vote because this segment was brought to you. By our sponsor, uh, truly. All right. So the 2009 film, uh, I didn't write this stuff down. Oh, yeah. District that, 9. That's, that's my favorite one. Oh. Oh. District 9, directed by Peter, can't remember his last name. Uh, he did The Lord of the Rings. It's set in South Africa. Well, well, well. And Matt, no, it actually wasn't directed by Peter Jackson. He produced it, but. Uh, he produced it. It was Neil Blomkamp. Ah. But was, I, I know these I, things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie messed with me. I don't yeah. I it's it's an alien film, but it's different. Um cuz like the your the first of all the way it was filmed is very documentary. Before, I mean, this was right when the office was becoming really big, so it was the documentary with, or mockumentary rather was just becoming a thing. And this was a full movie about it. Plus, set in South Africa, which South Africa doesn't get a whole lot of movie presence over here in the United States. And I have family from South Africa. Like, it's part of my bloodline. So, like, I I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, wait, look what my cousins can produce. Basically, I don't know why I thought that, but in my brain, that's what I did. Um, and the But the film follows a, an anthropologist who goes in to this... Uh, place where like a ghetto essentially where all the aliens are kept um and tries to get to know the aliens in order to get them moved out and moved off of earth um and this it's just great it's just i loved it i really really loved it and had me in tears by the end i mean seriously you just cry at the very end of the movie but all right what do you give district nine five Okay. Uh, Keith, have you seen District 9? Oh, Obviously, Oh, yeah. hell yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, great, great choice. Um, um, yeah, District 9, damn. You know what's really great about Neil Blomkamp? So he's a South African. He's from South Africa. And um, this was his first feature film. And uh, he actually did some student films where what he did, and it's actually, it's exactly what happens in District 9. He, But he went out in South Africa with a camera documentary style and he interviewed people in a certain area and he what he asked them to talk about was these refugees from this other country that were kind of you know squatting in these different places and that's what he was asking them about 
But then he recorded in the film their reaction. So you think in the film, the way it's set up is that they're talking about these aliens that their, their, their spaceship landed and they're kind of squatting over here. And, but, but, but these are real people. So these are honestly real human beings complaining about these refugees. But then he, he, you know, he frames it so the question is about the aliens. And like, like you're saying, Elizabeth, it's like this really surreal. And yet you could talk about, you know, like putting a mirror back in your face. This, the, the way that they're talking about refugees, this is the way we, we would talk about aliens if they came and lived on our planet and ate, took, took our resources, took our land, ate our, drank our water, ate our food, um, you know, inconvenienced us in any way. It, it, it's, it's really amazing. And it brings this whole alien kind of like meeting aliens, uh, takes it down from the close encounters of the third kind, like, Oh, isn't this beautiful and wonderful? And no. It's it brings it down to the level of reality of like you know yeah. what that yeah, we would it was very real yeah we would be assholes to them just like we're assholes to refugees or anybody else, um, and that documentary style is totally what sets this film apart, uh, and I think I see he does an amazing job of it because it is this documentary style this handheld kind of camera footage in the beginning, and then it seamlessly slips over into something where now the action's happening and it's sort of like you never stop to think wait a second. How is anybody actually still running around filming this? It does you 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 just suspend that. Who cares? It's it's so good. Um, yeah, I love that film. I really do. I, I'd have to give it a five. That is a great film. Wow. Okay, Keith Giles gives District Nine a five. Uh, Omar, what do you think about District Nine? You haven't seen it because Elizabeth never saw yours, right? <laughs> I've never seen that. I have, I have definitely seen it. Um, it was one of those ones that I caught late night, probably smoking a bunch of weed just looking for something to stream and it sucked me in and uh i didn't think to put it on my list i have something close to that i think that's on the list but uh (laughs) but yeah i i would give it a 4.5 all right omar gives district 9 a 4.5 oh man you guys are really giving this movie a lot of high scores and and i've seen district 9 i saw it when it came out in 2009 um and it didn't really hit me that way. And maybe it's because I didn't know the background of all of it or really know the purpose of it. And so maybe I should watch it again. Uh, but whenever I think about a movie like this, I prefer something like a Cloverfield um, or, you know, even like, a, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I just, it didn't really do anything for me at the time. And so I kind of am extremely shocked uh, at, at the high scores this film is getting from you all. You really uh, so should I'm watch have this to, again, man. Yeah, you really should. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it a rewatch. As it is, uh, I would give it... Uh, and you call yourself a cinephobe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as it is, I would have to give the movie a, a two. Uh, and I'm sorry, <laughs> Oh, damn! Just, He's going to make sure I, I lose. Son like, of a really, bitch. Really not true. He wants to yeah. win so bad. I Listen. don't, in fact. I know I'm going to uh. lose because of my next film. Uh, because I already know what you all think of it. And so, I'm going to go one right now. It's a one. <laughs> I, I, I've already decided at, at advance it's going to get a zero. Just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't care what it is. Go for it. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So, Elizabeth, I apologize, but uh, District 9 is going to get a 16.5, which is actually great. Uh, it's going to end up on the top five list, I would imagine. Uh, like so. So, so good job on that. Um, and, and as far as my top, uh, number one of all time, I just have to preface this by saying, I cannot believe I have not played this movie at all on any of our movies that molded me because it is definitely in my top 10 of all time, uh, movies. 
and I've talked about it a lot. I know how Omar feels about it. Uh, I think I know how Elizabeth feels about it. Uh, and, and they don't feel too strongly about it, uh, like I do. Um, but I couldn't not put this Could movie. Not. Aren't no. you like a, aren't <laughs> no. you like a language guy? Not English. Uh, I couldn't not put this movie, uh, in my top 10, did, yeah. uh, or my top three here. Um, and I'm glad so you that is. There. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is uh that is 1985's uh Robert Zemeckis Bob Gale uh, written and directed uh Back to the Future. Oh my it god. Is, oh I my knew you were going to say that. That's just in the show now. Thanks for I listening. Knew, I knew you're going to say that and that's okay. That's all right. I don't need you to agree with me on that. Um and, and let let me just try to, you know, I when we when we did the 80s teen movies this came up and I don't, I, I don't think of this movie as an eighties teen movie whatsoever, but I, I suppose the argument could be made uh, that Marty McFly is a teenager. He's 17. Uh, he, you know, is hanging out with doc Brown who has built a time machine goes back in time to try to, you know, fix, uh, uh, well, actually he accidentally goes back in time, but ends up, uh, getting his parents, you know, back together. His mom falls in love with him instead of, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that happens in this Incest movie. That is the best, put your mom to the test. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not it's not a perfect movie in that you know there are some things that don't add up like with the time travel and as we've talked about in time travel movies uh before um you know i think it's really important that movies get time travel right otherwise i just get completely taken out of it but i think back to the future does a good enough job of it that it doesn't take you out of the movie um but but a lot of people think that this movie is about marty mcfly it's like his story arc but it's not it's actually uh, this about movie his father is, Exactly. This movie is 100% uh, about uh, George McFly and and his growth as a as a person. I he think goes I've memorized from... your spiel on this movie. Do you want me to keep finishing it for you? <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, George McFly is this timid guy who's unsure. He's not, you know, he he's a nobody and he doesn't think of himself as anybody, but uh through his son uh going back and helping him out, he gains confidence. Uh he gets the girl. Um, you know, there's so many the classic The you talk, the tropes. lower your scores going. Just letting you know right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many classic tropes in this movie. This is a beautiful movie. You're it's really well decibel, shot. You're dropping decibels right now. <laughs> decibels. Uh, let me let me let me let me drop those. Decibels yeah, that, that's 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 better. Yeah. That's much better. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, of course, I would give uh, Back to the Future a five. <laughs> a one. A five on the grayscale. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I wa- I've probably seen this movie more than any other movie in my lifetime. Uh, I. Are you wearing your T-shirt that I gave you? About Actually, no, I'm not. I should have. Oh, that would have been smart. More I'm decibels sorry. dropping right now. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Keith Giles, what do you think about Back to the Future? Uh, I'm sorry, man. Um, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, I, I knew it. See, I, I mean, I, I told you. And I'm just going to be honest. I mean, uh, it's is it? It's enjoyable. It's entertaining. It's kind of a summer kind of a. But it, to me, this is like a popcorn bubblegum kind of movie. It's like. It's not, uh, you know what I mean? Again, I, I'm such a, I am a cinephile, cinephobe, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a snob. And so, like, for me, there's films and then there's movies. And this would definitely be a movie, which is, movies are great. Movies are fun. I don't have to, I can take out my brain and just have a good time. It's not trying to tell me some deep, meaningful thing. It's not going to, it's just, you know, eat the popcorn, watch the movie. Yay, at the end. You know it's going to be a happy ending, whatever. Um, so... Ah, I hate I hate to rain on your on the parade, man. But uh, now bring the, the rain. I'm gonna bring, bring the it. thunder. 
I expected people to not give this movie very high scores. It's fine. I mean, if I'm thinking of it in the terms, here's the thing. If I'm thinking of it in terms of just movies, would I say if someone someone brought this up in a conversation, I would I would say a great movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. You should see it. Um, But yeah, it didn't change my life, and I I could take it or leave it. So I I guess I give it like a three. Okay. I'll take it. Uh, all right, Omar, what do you think about Back to the Future? Although I already know, <laughs> I am so glad you played. I've never this, seen that I, because I feel so justified in giving this motherfucker a one, <laughs> and, and hope that you never, ever, ever play this movie again. Because I'll f- find something lower than a one. It'll just drop more decibels. <laughs> My goal is to never play the same movie twice. So. Uh, I probably won't play it again, but I'm glad yeah, this to is be like able the, to play it this here. This is like the third time you played this one. I mean, like, nope. Yeah, all right, well, you know how. I, well, there's just so many Back to the Futures. I guess he's played like all of them at least. I've twice played Back now. to the Future three on Westerns. That's the only other Back to the and Future I've did, played, and, and I would never play Back going, to the Future two. Y- <laughs> well, you did this one before when we did the Going Back to the Future. The I didn't do this one. Movies. Somebody else did. I just happened to talk about it. Oh, All right, well, I'm giving yeah, it a one the, as well. I, 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 I see the reach around you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a one as well, which gives it a total of 10, just so we're clear. I know what it gets. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's at, definitely lower than it deserves, but I, I that's what I figured would happen. I mean, but, you know, I'm going to stick true to myself. It can't be higher than Blade Runner, so... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Blade Runner is a great film. So anyway, uh, well, I mean, that's the that's you know that's the way the game played, and I knew that that was going to happen. So to me, it's not that big of a deal. I, I figured that would happen. I wasn't necessarily trying to play to win. Uh, I was trying to play the movies that or the TV shows that really uh, actually impacted me or meant something to me. Yes, so I'm, Jordan, I'm happy. He exactly, did. Jordan. He played yes, it under Jordan. westerns. Yes, he did. Back to the Future. 3. No, I played Back to the Future three under Oof. westerns. That's Still, not Back to the Future. He, completely he different. He said Back to the Future three. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's what it says. <laughs> I have numbers st- tallied. Are you ready? Do you have yeah, it all? I do. Oh, oh perfect. Wow. That means I don't have to do it. It's Drum. a top five, right? Yeah. Drum roll. One, two. Three, four, five. All right. Ready? So you're yep. going to start at the In, bottom, right? Uh, number five. Yes. yes. Okay, Place go. number five with 14 points is Children of Men. Woo! Good Very choice. Nice. Yeah. At fourth place with 15 points is Endgame. Boo. Yay, Endgame. <laughs> even without, even without Chris's voting. Screw That's you, Chris. Right. <laughs> Third place with 15.5 is Lost. Yeah. Woo. Second place with 16.5 points is District 9. I made the list. Good job. Good job, Elizabeth. (laughs) And our top sci-fi film with 17 points is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good list. I would would like... Yeah, you did. You had two yeah. on there. I think that I would tell, totally that, binge that, tells that list. You who might be our winner too? Maybe. Ready? We'll see, Elizabeth. Do you have those? I do. In fourth place with thirty point <laughs> five points is me. <laughs> oh, babe. Uh, okay. I tried to help. I I know it's all right, babe. Uh, I got my my movie second on the list, so we're good. Chris came in third with thirty nine points. That's a tragedy. 
<laughs> there was a nine-point deficit between second and first place. Wow, Keith killing it. With 41 points is Keith Giles, which means what? Omar won with 50 no points. No fucking way. Seriously? Yes. I had no clue I was killing it. Hey, I even, I'm going to double check that. I don't math. even have my, my check my math. Even with check space balls, <laughs> even with space balls, even with space balls, because he had 13.5 points with space balls, which was the second highest points on his thing. So he, what did you say his points were? Fifty. I was too. No, he had forty. Forty. One, D- two, double three. check that math. Yeah. One, two, three. Uh, oh okay, yeah, wait, you're, I you're right. I didn't, I didn't I'm wrong. It's win. forty. I oh, knew I was go. not going to be so able to. So my math was wrong. So it was a one demand, point deficit. I, we we, we fixed it. We fixed it, Keith. Stop wait, the steal. Wait. No, no, no. <laughs> I demand a recount. It, 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 it's all, it's I'm all, recounting now. It's all about 15. those mail-in votes. I need, we need the more time votes. for the, mel- <laughs> the mail-in votes to <laughs> come in. We need more time to count those. <laughs> We're hey, to ever listen to this. Listen to this. 15. There's actually only one point difference between me, Keith, and Omar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Close, close. Only one point. So I was at 39, Omar was at 40, and Keith, you won with 41, 41 points. 41 points, yeah. It was Eternal yeah. Sunshine. Wow. Eternal Sunshine pushed me over the edge. <laughs> yeah. Good thing, That's what good did thing it. Chris's list for number one was so weak. Yeah. yeah could have won. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so thankful. Yeah. Well, I knew that was going to happen, so it's okay. It's all good. I knew Omar hated this movie. <laughs> But it's all it's all good. No worries. All right, so do we do we no can we talk about our, our runners up? Our, Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, 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 you go and, first, and, and we'll allow our listeners also. We'll read off some of their comments too. So if you guys throw up yeah. some movies, um, so, and yeah, I was definitely re. <laughs> I think I think they call that reneged in some places. So yeah. Um, yeah, watch your mouth, Omar. I got blue balls wrong. over here. I was over here getting ready to play them. All I do is win, and I didn't get to play it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, I'm actually shocked. Um, I was very, very. I was scared when Blade Runner didn't score very high. But <clears throat> do you have a, a a congratulations speech or a, a uh, award I, speech? No, <laughs> he has this list of runner up. I have my runners up, up list. I want. I want to jump in. Let's do that. Um, so I was going to pick, and I think if I had picked this, I would have lost. I'm pretty sure because I'm, I'm pretty sure almost none of you have seen this film. Um, it's a film. It's a very obscure director. His name is Andre Tarkovsky who I only recently discovered, maybe about five years ago, discovered his films. The first time I saw one of his movies, I hated it. I literally fast-forwarded the last 20 minutes because it was so slow and I was bored out of my mind. But I didn't get it. I didn't understand what he was doing. Stranger? Uh, no, no, it's called Stalker. Mm. Stalker. Uh, the director is Andre Tarkovsky. Um, and this film... So anyway, but the stranger could have been a stalker, though. It's called Stalker, <laughs> and uh, it's a, it's a Russian film. It's it's subtitled. It's kind of an artsy kind of thing. But oh my gosh, damn it, so great! So the the setup of the film is that um, it's based on a book, by the way. The book is also really good, called Roadside Picnic. But the uh, the film is about um, there's a place called the Zone in Russia, and Zone. Um, and then there's some kind of alien artifact or they don't, and the film doesn't really tell you. In the book, you know, you know more about it, that there was basically, um, alien craft landed and left behind some kind of like, like really kind of almost like junk. Uh, that's why the, the book is called Roadside Picnic because it's about these aliens that kind of like land on earth on their way somewhere else, stop for, for a bite to eat, leave a bunch of th- weird gadgets and things in their, in their trash and take off. And anyway, uh, it, it creates all kinds of weird, it messes with, 
you know, with uh, physics and time and weird stuff and it creates all these problems. So the government ropes off the area around this. And there's several of them all over the planet, but um, but the film Stalker deals with the one in Russia. It's called The Zone. It's literally walled off with armed guards. No one is allowed in. But um, a stalker is someone who basically is like a coyote. Like you pay him money and he will get you in. He'll sp- basically smuggle you into The Zone. And the reason why people are trying to get into The Zone is that there is a room in a building somewhere in the zone, and the, and the stalker can take you right to it. Um, where if you if and you it, stand in that room, any I've been in that room. I've been in that room. They they check your diagnostics of your car. <laughs> no, and then that's they not what let happens. You know for free. That's not what happens. <laughs> no, the, the, so the the deal is, the, the, if you find this room, if you stand in that room, your 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 fondest wish, your your deepest wish, desire will come to pass. And so uh, the film is about this. The, it might this, be the same thing then. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, it's so good. You know, what's so wonderful is that it's a film. Ultimately, it's a film about faith. And so you have this whole journey, you know, each each person. So the stalker is taking two different people. There's a writer and a professor, like a uh, like a scientist. And they both have their reasons for wanting to go there. The stalker himself never enters the room. Uh, and it's kind of like his own personal code. He, he doesn't do that. He just takes you there. And um, it's very dangerous to get through there. And there's all these weird things, that'll, anomalies that will happen to you if you're not careful. So he, he gets them there. And uh, it's, it really is a fantastic study about, really, about faith and about doubt. And I think for anybody interested in the topic of faith and doubt or this kind of thing, it's genius. It's really, really good. It's beautifully filmed, beautifully shot. Uh, and it actually is a film that killed Tarkovsky because he filmed it in a place. He went to a literal place that was a like a ghost town. Um, because of all this, um, like toxic chemicals and stuff that had been, and he filmed in this stuff and he and his actors did and it ended up killing him. Uh, so it, wow. uh, it's kind of sad, but I love that film. So he died for his art here. He really did. He really did. That's insane. Stalker. It's called Stalker. I really recommend it. I love I'm that. Have to watch and that. I'm sure none of you have seen it, right? I have not. See, I would have, I would have, I would have tanked if I had to put that film in my list. But, uh, yeah. but I love that movie. You, sh- you should have, you know, if you want to redo it, you know, sub it out for one of the other. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um, All right. Well, what other films are you going to talk about here? Okay. So can I just go quickly down the list? I'll go faster than that. So um, Yeah, yeah. So some other ones, um, I got to mention a couple of like lesser known films that I just think are genius films. So there's one called Coherence. Mm. Um, you know, damn, this movie is so cool. But I love it. So it's a science fiction film. I don't want to give it really the less you know about this film, the better. But I, but I will say, let me talk a little bit about how the film was uh, made. It's an indie film. So not a big budget, no big stars. Um, but the way the director filmed the movie was he gave the actors, it's probably like 12 actors. The setting is sort of like a dinner party. So all these different, they're all friends. They all kind of know each other. They come to someone's house in the evening for a dinner party. But the way the director directed the film was he gave each uh, actor, you know, they knew their character. They knew who they were as an, as a character. And he would k- tell each of them, okay, in this scene, you need to mention these three things, but it's up to you. In other words, just pay attention to the flow of how things go. And all of a sudden you go, Oh, that person just said that that connects to something that I know I'm supposed to say. And then they throw it out. And then later on, somebody else does something and they go, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. That's kind of like the other, the other little thing, the other prompt I'm supposed to have. So there's no, so this has a spontaneous feel to it. It really feels like a genuine conversation with friends where the, in dialogue and conversation, someone will go, oh, hey, that reminds me. Or, oh, you know, that is something else. And so 
It's beautifully. Is this the one where the people are like watching themselves? Kind of. Yes. Yes. There's a okay. weird thing that happens. I've seen this. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. I was, I read about it just the way he filmed it and how, how brave he was to basically trust the actors to just sort of, you know, act and react to one another the way that they did in this kind of almost an improvisational way. Damn, it's so cool. And when you know that and you watch the film and you see how it unfolds, ah, that movie is great. I love that movie. Um, the other one I would I mention. I need to revisit it. Uh, yeah, it's a great one. Uh, it's kind of hard to find it, but it's worth it. There's another one called Time Crimes. And I think if, if you're going to look at, talk about time travel movies, hands down, there's no better time travel movie than Time Crimes. It's a Spanish language film. Um, Oh my gosh, you will have to watch it twice, I promise you, because when you when it ends, you're going to go, holy shit. And when you go back and watch it the second time, you're going to even, now you're going to go, oh, I need to watch it again, because now there's this layers upon layers upon layers. Um, and it does, it's not confusing. It's not, it's not like Primer, which is another kind of an indie time travel movie, which I'll be honest, Shot in I, Dallas. nobody understands that movie. That movie is freaking ridiculous. It's, I mean, you can go, I understand that oh, movie. Oh, no, you don't. You're lying. No one you understands that You You just think, you, uh, you know, the way you understand that movie, if you go to, if you went on Google and you went to one of those websites and somebody mapped it out for you, but without that, nobody <laughs> understands that movie. Uh, but Time Crimes is genius. It's so smart and so good. I, oh, I love that movie. And then I'll just mention one other one that I, I figured most people may not be aware of. Well, you might be. Uh, so Scarlett Johansson is in this film. It's called Under the Skin. Under the Skin. Oh, God, I freaking love this movie. What I love. Uh, that's an honorable mention of mine, oh, too. What I love about Under the Skin, it's another one of these things, too, where because I'm a writer. And I when I when I see someone doing something on screen, and I, I'm thinking, how did they do that? And so the way, again, the way, the way this film is shot, it's almost completely without narrative. There's not, in other words, it's not dialogue driven. And as a, as a, as, as a viewer watching the film the first time I watched it, I, at every scene, I'm constantly watching for cues to figure out who's that? Wait, what's happening? Why are they doing that? Oh, wait, no, no. Oh, what's this? And, and the film doesn't care if you keep up or not. It's like, we're just going. Here we go. And uh, you got to keep up with it. And I love that. I love that about the movie that it just tells the story. You just watch it unfold. And either you get it or you don't. Eventually you will, because at some point you're going to go, oh, that's what's happening. Um, damn, I love that movie. I just think that movie. And the majority of the townspeople there were actually townspeople there in Scotland. Yes, they not literally did. They had a hidden camera in the van. And Scarlett Johansson would pick these people, these guys up on the side of the road and talk to them. And they had no idea that they were being filmed. So, that again, you get that spontaneity of some yeah. real person who doesn't really understand what's happening. And they're acting, that movie is cool as fuck. It really is, dude. Damn, that's a yeah. great movie. Love that movie. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Do you have any other ones you want to oh, talk hell about? Oh, yes. Wait, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I would stop there. Okay, so real quick. I'll, well, maybe just list them off. Just list them off. I'll just yeah, list please. them off. So, because the other ones you might know. So, I would say um, the movie Her, uh, directed yeah. by Spike Jones, Joaquin Phoenix, one of the greatest actors alive. I love that film. Uh, Gattaca. Love Gattaca. That's another film that... Um, great science fiction that doesn't need special effects or costumes or sets. Um, it's just, just the story idea of it is genius. So Gattaca is great. Um, Pi, Darren Aronofsky's, uh, for, I think it was his first film, almost like a student film. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that movie's great. Again, that also is a film where it's just a concept. It's, it's a mathematician trying to crack some kind of a code, like a biblical code, which is like the name of God. And the closer he gets to solving it, 
um, like he's going insane and he's having these migraines and it's like killing him, but he's determined to solve the, the, the this numeric, you know, problem. Uh, it's awesome. And um, then I'm going to give two from uh, Terry Gilliam, Brazil, which I think is a better retelling of 1984 than 1984. I love Brazil. And uh, and then Twelve Monkeys is another one. Uh, Twelve Monkeys is I actually seen that one. Oh uh, man, and, <laughs> honestly, Twelve Monkeys is probably one of the best Brad Pitt performances ever. He plays this insane mm. guy, and damn, he's good. Yeah. He plays. It's, he, he he's so you got, good. You got Fight Club. Oh, uh, the other with, the other great he, one with Brad Pitt is Snatch. He's great in yeah, Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, I'm saying. Oh, like, I'm gonna count him up. Like, I'm gonna count him for my mom. What? <laughs> I can't have it for my mom. What? what is he saying? Is that English? Yeah, I love that. And uh, and then of course, uh, last but not least, I'd have to say uh, the Matrix. Oh, yeah. okay. Actually, the make that's actually on one of my uh, runner-up lists. Yeah, that movie. I I, yeah. I I didn't think we'd have any of the same stuff on our list at all. <laughs> like as I was listening to you rattle off some of that stuff, but uh, but yeah, Matrix. You want go ahead and talk about the Matrix for a second if you want to. Oh, well, just, yeah, the, the Matrix is, um, it's really sad they only made that one movie because that movie is just perfect. Uh, it's a great movie and uh, there should never be. I wish they'd only made that one there movie. There should never be any sequels <laughs> to that film because it, it doesn't really, it's a film that needs no sequel. Uh, no, <laughs> it really no doesn't. sequel. Um, well, you know what the genius thing about that, I'll just say about the Matrix is like. Uh, I feel the same way about Tremors, yeah. <laughs> Matrix is. Again, it's such this genius level film where it's mixing science fiction and philosophy and religion and science and all these things. And it blends them together in such a beautiful way. There's a part of you that even thinks to yourself, you know what? Damn, this could be, re- this could be true. Like maybe, maybe I am in a pod somewhere and that's why I, you know, deja vu happens yeah. and like, damn, mm-hmm. it's so good. And. Uh, it works on all those levels. It works on the ph- philosophical level, the the religious level, the science fiction level. It's it's so good. It just that movie, great film. Yeah, and uh, it does not need a sequel. <laughs> no, I should have yeah. led with that one. That was very good. <laughs> yeah. So all right, I'm I'm just gonna list off mine real quick. To uh, Tremors is actually on my list. I keep talking about it, but it, I made it on there. Uh, shout out to Mar- Martin Short. We got Interstellar is on my list. Uh, the fifth. You fifth, you you mean inner space. Inner space, yes. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Inner you. space. That's the Martin Short film. Yes. Yeah. Dennis yeah, Quaid. He, he, he gets yeah. shrunk down. And that is a good film. Into, you yeah. know what? It is. I should watch that again. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. It's, it's no tremors, but it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the fifth element uh, is on my list. It grew uh, on me. Multipass. It, yeah, multi, it's multi-pass. Good. Multi-pass. <laughs> Donnie Darko made the list. Um, the three Rick Moranis movies is Spaceballs, The Little Shop of Horrors, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids are all on the list. I guess Little Shop of Horrors is Ghostbusters. No Ghostbusters is on the list. But see, Idiocracy, I actually ended up going with that one. Looper. Uh, oh no, no. I just. It was a fun movie. No. I thought so. And Making. Joseph Gordon-Levitt looked like Bruce Willis was so stupid. <laughs> that was a bad idea. But, <laughs> but, like, not Bruce Willis. <laughs> but it was it was a fun movie. I mean, it's on uh, uh, Doctor Strange is good oh, as yeah. far as another Mar- Marvel movie. Big time. Uh, Power. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a uh, Jamie Foxx movie. I think Netflix. it's on Netflix. Yeah, I have not seen um, it. No. It's very good. They end up taking a pill and it gives you your power. And um, but and he's always trying to get his daughter back. I guess she has like a super the power that's making the pills. It's pretty interesting on lots of levels. Uh, 
Fast Color. I watched that in preparation for this. I'm thinking it might go on the list. It's a kind of uh, African-American-centric movie about a family where the girls all have like this power in their family where they can control matter and kind of break it down to its mm-hmm. molecules and put it back together. Um, and But the one daughter can, can do that with um, on a bigger scale with weather and stuff and so and she was scared of it and didn't try to figure it out through the movie it's pretty good and uh bliss i've thought about putting it on the list it's a new one on uh amazon prime um it shouldn't really make a list but it's something we're talking about it's a good movie i'd recommend it um and then captive state i i wanted to watch this i can't remember if I've seen it before or not, but as I was prepping for this, it looked like a movie that I could really get into. Um, John Goodman was in it, and uh, it's the, the whole idea that, the, again, it's an alien movie where the aliens are kind of like oppressing the people, and, and then some people are trying to rise up against it, but some of the people are benefiting from the aliens' oppression, and so it's kind of... Um, yeah, anyway, it looks like a good movie, but I've, I don't know if I've seen that one, so I didn't put it on the list. So that is my runners up. Elizabeth, what about you? You got any honorable mentions? Sure. I was debating whether to put men in black and independence day on there, but I decided not to, but they were both on there because Will Smith. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, which ones? Independence day and what else? Men in black. That legend. I, I, I mean, am legend. I ha- Damn. I love that. I am legend. It's a good is, one. The, alter- is the alternate ending. The alternate ending. It's sitting over there, too. Yeah. Yes, because it's all happened from a disease. The zombie oh. apocalypse based on a disease. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if anybody wants any recommendations of uh, more animated movies that are sci-fi, I have a list as well. Um, and honorable mention being Futurama, which is a TV show, which I didn't think Ooh, about until we were halfway through this I recording. I was like, damn it, I should have yeah. put this one on there. But I thought about it as we were recording. So, Or American Dad. I wonder if that would make the list because technically... American Dad. There's an alien. There's an alien. This one's for Ruben, <laughs> if you're watching. <laughs> I like pina colada. <laughs> I used to do that with my friend Ruben. Uh, we weren't allowed to talk about alcohol because we worked in a church, but uh, we would do this and we knew what we were talking about. So there you go, Ruben. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a few honorable mentions here. As some of them have been mentioned, uh, like The Matrix, I was going to say that, but I played that on the Apocalypse one. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road uh, is genius. Yes. Um, I, I also played that on the, on the Apocalypse one along with Children of Men. For time travel, I played Primer, which I do understand. Uh, and it's a it's a good movie. It's interesting. Uh, uh, it's lies. There, there's some things about it that are absolutely awful, but it's because the production uh, was so poor. Uh, and you know, he funded it himself. Yeah. Uh, the, the writer of that. Uh, and you know, uh, but I, I actually really it was a thought provoking, mind bending movie. I loved it. Uh, one thing that I cannot believe was not played on this list was uh, Denevia News Arrival, uh, which I played um, on the time travel one. Oh, you have it right there. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic movie. I'm a linguist by trade, and so uh, and a nerd as far as you know time travel and, and science goes, and so that movie is right up my alley. Yeah, I love uh, that with movie. With the um, yeah. yeah, with the 
the uh, septopods, you know, language and stuff and how language, you know, helps them. Uh, if, anyway, everything is interpreted through their language and it's, it's absolutely beautiful through their logograms and whatnot that they're, uh, that they have in that movie. D- D- Denis Villeneuve is just, like I said earlier, is an incredible director. Everything he's putting out right now is gold. Dude. Uh, if you haven't seen Enemy, uh, if you haven't seen Prisoners, uh, those are both Denis Villeneuve, uh, directed films and they're, beautiful and incredible and i cannot wait for dune dune, dune. Um, yeah. it's gonna be so good it should be great um let's see uh contact one of my favorite movies oh, jody yeah. foster yeah uh so good i played that on t- uh on space interstellar uh, i think is a, a, a pretty good movie the the visuals are really good matthew mcconaughey gets on my nerves but it's okay um uh inception i love that yeah, movie most people uh, think it's kind of hokey but wow. uh, i think it's really really good i played so i've played all these movies that i've, I've just said uh some of the ones that i've not played that i kind of wanted to mention uh have already also been mentioned under the skin uh you know as keith was talking about earlier is so good you have to watch it scar joe uh, is is incredible in that movie uh ex machina which i mentioned earlier when we were talking about um Blade Runner uh, is a really cool movie and um, you know it's also about I don't want to give it away because I feel like if I talk about how uh, you know it's uh, AI becomes uh, self-aware then I'm almost already giving it away so I don't want to do that uh, but it's it's really good um, The Signal uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, it's pretty cool it's interesting it's interesting anyway uh, and then 10 Cloverfield Lane uh, I actually yeah. really really enjoyed uh, John Goodman and another sci-fi movie there um, it, the elements of sci-fi are pretty slim in it but it is a sci-fi movie uh, at, you know uh, at, the at, at, at the heart <laughs> at so. the end of it is. <laughs> yeah anyway those are just a few you know of the, uh, of the honorable mentions there and um, anyway what a fucking cool list we yeah, should probably yeah. run down that list one more time uh, since it's been an hour since we, <laughs> since yeah. we came right. to the conclusion yeah, of I, was, <laughs> I think that the honorable missions were probably more interesting than our actual list. Yeah, but, actually, yeah. it's true. It's possible. Yeah, so so can you give us that top five list one more time, Liz? Sure. So real quick, we've got, let's see, oh, there it is. Fifth, fifth place is Children of Men. Fourth, so good. Fourth place is Endgame. Third is Lost. Second is District 9. And in first place was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Do I need to watch any of the other Avengers to watch Endgame? You probably should. Yeah. Yes. You need to watch all of yeah, them. Yeah, dude. Come on. Google, you should probably Google the order yeah. and watch them. And in fact, our listeners can let you know Don't which, just epi- watch, which yeah. episodes to watch <laughs> first. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for listening and yeah. for participating in the comments. Um, appreciate most of them, and I definitely appreciate <laughs> you guys uh, just being around. And do we, I said I'd read some of the. Does anybody want to throw out some of listener uh, picks real fast? I'll read them now. Um, here's your. Any picks that are not that we didn't mention? I don't think so. Nope, I think uh, oh, oh, you know what? I Lord did of the see Ring, Daniel. Lord of the Rings that's fantasy. Was mentioned. Fantasy. That's fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Thank you. I did you. see Daniel say Game of Thrones. He was like, fantasy. you got to put Game of Thrones it's on fantasy. there. It's fantasy. It's fantasy. I agree. I think it's fantasy. Sorry, Daniel. Daniel's been pretty upset with our list. I think he said <laughs> six of these are not even. Uh, they're not even sci-fi films. Can I, Daniel? But, we'll have you on for a fantasy run. Yeah, there, you sure. there you go. Can I just say? Yeah. Can I just say in, in closing here? I just feel. I feel like I really need to say this because this is yeah. in, in praise to all of you. I want to thank both all, all three of you. I want to thank you so much. 
that none of you listed a Star Wars film. <laughs> because because Star Wars is science is not science fiction. It is fantasy. It's it's in a, yeah. it's not about anything. So it's fantasy number one. And number two, I also want to thank you all of you that no one mentioned Minority Report, which is the all time worst science fiction film ever made, and probably one of the worst films <laughs> Steven Spielberg has ever made. And I'm so glad that none of you mentioned that film in your list. Thank you. I'll have to find out later on why very, you don't like Minority Report. Oh, I Report. can do an entire episode on why that film sucks. It's so bad. <laughs> is it because Tom Cruise is in it and Tom Cruise no. is pretty no, awful no, no. sometimes? I like, I, I, Tom Cruise is like the only thing good in that movie. I, I, yeah, yeah, everything else is yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Vanilla Sky, though, not so bad. That's good. Pretty good. The Aubrey, Lo- yeah. Aubrey Los Ojos, which is the Spanish uh-huh. language original film that's based on, is better. It's a great movie. Everyone needs to go and check out Keith Giles at the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. And certainly, uh, you need to make sure and buy his books. Uh, certainly, the Jesus Un series will be something that's going to interest you. Uh, please go out and support Keith. Keith, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, and we'd love to have you back sometime. Hey, yeah. Look, you know I can. I love talking about movies. So, yeah, anytime. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it was a lot awesome. of fun. You did great. Uh, yeah, great selection. It's much better than mine. I love how, like, me and Elizabeth kind of, like, dumbed down, dumbed down the episode for everybody. So. <laughs> yeah, we did. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. But that's what makes it good because you're, you're the average movie, you right. know, watcher people. And it's, you, that needs to be there. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. Does it, though? Does it, though? <laughs> 